Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual, Knowing No Boundaries of Sex or Gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual, Knowing No Boundaries of Sex or Gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope... Only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. Let's cook, 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 cook. Let's cook. Let's eat. Let's eat. 3CR 855 AM, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR on demand. Out of the pan, hosted by Sally, first broadcasting noon till one Australian Eastern Standard Time. Every Sunday, thanks for your company. 3CR proudly broadcasts on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and we pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that the land was stolen and never ceded. And we acknowledge any Aboriginal or, and or Torres Strait Islander people listening from any of the lands of, that make up this continent. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show. Um, can't do um, put comments to air live at this time, but um, now getting on to the process of having live chats on the usual means of conversation. So you can email outofthepan855 at gmail.com. You can SMS 61456751215. You can tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line as we're in, well, amongst many things in this time, the week of WrestleMania. And also, um, we can you can look for the posts on Facebook at my page, Sally Goldner, and Out of the Pan 3CR 855 AM Melbourne. And any opinions that I express on the program are my own personal ones and not connected to any organisation with which I'm involved. Well, as well as WrestleMania Month, as part of diversity, uh, April is Autism um, Acceptance Month, and 2nd of April is... Autism Acceptance Day and autism and going a little broader, although our focus today is neuroprocessing, autism and neuroprocessing are very important parts of the intersections for people in our rainbow or queer communities and thought it was worth having a discussion about the issues generally and that intersection and joining me via all the means of technology to talk to, to talk about it is Kian. Kian, well, welcome back to 3CR. Hi, it's good to be back. Good to have you with us and just wanting to check in if it's okay to ask which pronouns you use, if any. Sure thing. I'm gender fluid and my pronouns actually do change, but they then is sort of the safe, stable ground. 
Fair enough. Thank you for clarifying that. All pronouns and identities are valid and all parts of identities and personas and everything because we are multifaceted people. And well, yeah, let's start. Um, it seems that um, Autism Acceptance Day and Month um, first emerged in 2008 after being officially sort of brought in by the relevant part of the United Nations in 2007. Um, perhaps tell us a little about um, what the day, I might get to you to start by saying for you personally, what does the day and month mean to you? Uh, for me, it's quite a complicated one. I'm self-diagnosed autism, uh, autistic, mm -hmm. which I'm going to talk a fair bit yeah. about more later on. Um, but for me, Autism Acceptance Month, it's still very much about self-acceptance for me. I struggle quite a lot with um, coming to terms with being autistic. I've been aware of it for about a decade now, um, but have always sort of struggled with that, especially with how it relates to my being trans. Right, so we've, we've got lots of open threads <laughs> there, which is perfectly fair. Um, you know, sort of um, given, I'm going to dive in, dive in and grab one thread, so to speak, I mean, you know, um, out of the pans brief is um, the centre of our intersection is queer, including transgender, diverse, non-binary. Tell us a bit more then about that, um, you know, sort of, well, you had the struggle and how in, in terms of the intersection with trans. Um, let's flesh that out a bit first. Sure. Um, so there's a few different ways that it relates to my being trans. Um, the first one is that uh, autism is usually sort of medically stereotyped around white cis boys, not even men, just very specifically boys. Um, so there's not really much study that's been done on how autism does uh, display, like how it is shown or the autistic traits that other people will have, including people assigned female at birth, including trans people, whether trans women, trans men, non-binary trans people like myself um, none of that has really been explored uh, from a professional standpoint with autism mm -hmm. and so the, the way that my autism presents is different to how it will present um, in a more stereotypical way um, the other big way that autism and my being trans sort of uh, intersect I suppose is that for me and for anyone who's trans a formal diagnosis of autism is actually quite a big risk where a lot of doctors will refuse to prescribe hormones or surgery or even use the right pronouns or name for autistic patients. Okay I mean there's there's a, a mountain in there to unpack I mean yeah. why I mean I'm struggling to see um, how the doctors and health professionals would not use the right pronouns and respect someone's gender identity for someone who's on the autism spectrum compared to someone who isn't, and the word we have for that is holistic, A-L-L-I-S-T-I-C, which we want to talk about as well in, <laughs> on that front. What, what would, what is, well, what, let's say, I won't say the reason, but the approach for perhaps might be the neutral word what what is it that says well i won't respect a, a trans person on the autism spectrum compared to someone who's holistic 
do they have, what's their explanation i suppose is the best word i can come up with um so it's very much about infantilization which is something that everyone who is autistic struggles with um but the uh, justification that is usually given is that autistic people are uh, will potentially have more struggle with understanding themselves and communicating who they are and that is sort of seen as an excuse to dismiss who they say they are who they do know they are okay so i'm getting now sort of the words that are coming to mind at my end are the sort of pathologizing patronizing that sort of thing and i think you used the word infantilized if i've got that right yeah yeah so treating autism people like well and this is probably you know like little children which is you know judgmental against children and young people as well and then we throw in you know you also touched on how it seems to be focused on uh assigned male cis male type of people as well which probably um adds in another layer of of bias as well um so you know we're we're piling lots of sadly lots of layers upon layers of of you know um minefields and i don't like military analogies but that's possibly one that comes almost metaphorically comes in here yeah yeah so lot lots in there um to to start with and we better just um before we go further clarify this the word holistic as well and what that's about just so we've got that sort of clear for our um for our people listening in yep yeah um holistic is just anyone who's not autistic um often what gets used instead is neurotypical Mm -hmm. and neurodiverse but the problem with that is that neurodiversity covers a wide range yeah things like having ptsd or depression will make you neurodiverse but it doesn't make you autistic and so describing everyone who's not autistic as neurotypical is just dismissing all the different ways which brains can work yeah um yeah things like um in terms of neuroprocessing introvert ambivert extrovert um sensory i think is it sensory deprivation those sorts of things as well um all come into this and so yeah they're not of course the same as autism and but um i think sadly sometimes there is um well whether conscious or unconscious bias about that i mean it's you know introverts are told they're shy for example which is pretty judgmental there's sort of these sorts of judgments can come in so yeah there's um well i won't torture our listeners too much with memories of year seven venn diagrams but so while there's some overlap between autism and neuroprocessing it's not um all of them they're not all exactly the same circles or ovals or whatever else we want yeah so yeah lots of um, layers in that um sort of situation there and something else you touched on which um is something that um haven't um, heard a lot about the risks of a um, what you call a formal diagnosis perhaps you know explain what what you're referring to as a formal diagnosis and also um, what those risks are and um, why, why they then become you know obvious we'll say challenge you know issues i'll use the word for pe- um, people who end up in that situation yeah so formal diagnosis is just anything um diagnosed by a uh, by the right type of doctor to actually give that diagnosis 
Mm-hmm. So for autism, um, I'm pretty sure it does need to be a psychiatrist to give that diagnosis. I'm not sure if a clinical psychologist is able to, um, but certainly there are a lot of other types of doctors who are not able to give the diagnosis of autism. So an official diagnosis would come from whatever sort of doctor is able to actually give that diagnosis. Um, Yeah. So there's, if let's say someone, I'll use words, wants or needs a formal diagnosis, it sounds like there's um, a twisted pathway, if not a minefield to navigate Mm -hmm. to get to that. And then, um, you know, what happens if you can find your way through that maze to where you feel you want or need to be, then then what happens? What perhaps do people have to, I'll use the words go through to get that formal diagnosis and, you know, sort of what then are those risks when if you get it? Sure. Um, so if someone like me who's quite good at what's called masking, which is where you basically cover up your autistic traits to present as um, close to holistic as you can, um, which is a very important survival method a lot of the time. Um, Back when I was a child, I was always bullied horrendously. It wasn't until I got old enough to start learning how to mask and how to cover it up that I managed to have people who tolerated me, at least at school. Um, Yeah, and it... Masking has its own downsides where you don't really feel like yourself. You're just spending all of your energy into um, to just cover up who you are. Yeah. Um, yeah so for me, uh, as someone very good at masking, I would have to go and see a GP and convince that doctor that it's actually worth getting a referral to a psychiatrist um, to investigate autism, which is not easy. It's not easy to find the uh, the GP who will actually be willing to write up that referral. And then finding a psychiatrist who's affordable, um, very few bulk build, not a lot of them specialise in autism. And those that do will usually um, still have very outdated information about it. So a lot of psychiatrists will still have the understanding of autism where it is very much tailored to white cis boys Um, and they won't really be looking for the traits that are outside of those stereotypes. Um, I have spoken to a psychiatrist about it once. Um, She didn't ask me why. She didn't ask me anything about... um, like why I thought I was like autistic she just completely dismissed it and yeah had no interest in talking about that um and I'm a little bit relieved about that because I did then go on to go on to hormones and that would have been much more challenging if I had gotten the diagnosis at that point um which is one of the risks of being diagnosed officially there are other risks as well um if it gets out, if people find out about it, you can have a lot of different discrimination things where you'll lose your job, where you might even lose your housing. Um, mostly the risks are about infantilizing, where people will treat 
people that they know are autistic, like they're incapable of pretty much anything. Um, yeah, you get people who, um, I don't know, just, just treat you like a child about it. Yeah, which is, you know, demeaning and invalidating amongst other things. And, you know, I'm thinking as you were talking about the masking, it's sort of it. I felt at my, you know, listening to that, it's sort of, you know, if it's not next in the ballpark next door, it's not only one or two ballparks further away from being in the closet. And yet yeah. it's, you know, inside oneself, it's much easier to, and to be authentic. But then, as you said, you've got to survive and then if you, so you mask. But then by the time you, if someone does want to go get a formal diagnosis, they're so used to masking, they have to unmask for the psychiatrist. Gosh, it just sounds like it's um, a huge um, tangled web to sort of try to untangle or live in or not live in, um, well, whatever, however it goes. But, um, yeah, it also just the idea that, you know, people who are on the autism spectrum you know, and in, in big inverted commas, don't know if they're how, if they're if they're trans or what that sort of thing. I mean, you know, allistic people face and have faced enough challenges in that area. You know, so then you've got that sort of double layer of um, diversity being devalued and invalidated rather than validated. Um, just so I can understand something, and maybe our listeners would too. I mean, you know, you've mentioned the risks of. Um, you know, formal diagnosis, in which case, why would someone, and I'll split this into question into two parts, want the formal diagnosis? And I'll say, first of all, if they're cis, and then, you know, what would be the benefits for someone who's in the groupings of tran- any of transgender diverse non-binary? You know, is there, a, is there an out, um, at least one other side to the coin? Yeah. Um, so there are a few advantages to having that official diagnosis. Um, including being able to get official supports, being able to get government supports. Um, If there's something, for example, from NDIS you would benefit from, um, you have to have an official diagnosis. And so it's a bit of a give and take. Do you need those supports and are they worth the risks of being diagnosed? Um, Mm -hmm. Yes, it's a bit of a double-edged sword. Um, (laughs) got to really decide what's worth it there the other big advantage to that official diagnosis is just the certainty that comes with it and the validation behind having that diagnosis where um yeah it's sort of just someone telling you yes you're right <laughs> that is a part yeah. of who you are. look i i can i suppose then you know um what what happened to me as someone who you know, sort of got diagnosed on the more the mental health side and neuroprocessing to some extent with cyclothymia and was wondering why I was having these ups and downs in moods. It did provide some certainty and a base to work from and then later self-diagnosed as highly sensitive person on neuroprocessing. It does provide a sense of, oh, I've got a solid base. Now I can start somewhere and work out what's right for me and then how I relate that to the world outside. So I can I can sort of get where that comes from, but um, you know then there is that you know, sense of as you said the, the the downsides to it as well. 
Uh, I wanted to touch on come, you know, linking back to some queer stuff. Um, mm. Trans Pathways, a piece of research released in 2017 for 14 to 25-year-olds where we'll say the common thread of the intersection was transgender diverse non-binary, found I think it was 29.4% of respondents I, um, also identified whether self-recognised um, or formally recognised as on the autism spectrum. Mm. And numbers in this case aren't everything, of course, it's about treating people with respect. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. I mean, I've had a few people say, gosh, that's on the conservative end of things. Some people would put the figure for trans and gender diverse as high as 50%, many people who are asexual, mm. romantic, bi, um, bi, bi plus, multi-gender attracted would you know, say it's probably lowest. Well, what are your thoughts there? I mean, do you think that it is We'll say under-recognised might be a word I could use. Yeah. Um, yeah, certainly there's a interesting like, correlation between autism and being LGBTI+. Plus. Yeah. Um, as far as I know, there hasn't been any research into mm. that. But I suspect, and I've spoken to other people and other people have said it within the autistic community, that it's um, quite possibly about that you're already sort of outside of what society expects and demands of people. So it's easier to realise other areas in which you deviate from where you're supposed to be. Um, I suspect that's what it is, where possibly if there was more acceptance and understanding and awareness of trans, gender diversity, of sexual diversity, etc., that we would yeah. have a lot more people who were LGBTI. And so, yeah, that already being on the outside with being autistic, you're just, I suspect, more likely to be aware of where else you deviate from norm. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of, well, I've had to move aside one artificial barrier to be myself. Well, what's, sometimes it can be, oh, let's just do another and another, but then also sometimes it can be damn tiring as well to keep pushing them aside. Um, and that's tiring mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, holistically as well. Um, so it's not an easy, it can't, you know, obviously would in all seriousness have it, you know, all these things have their ups and downs. Um, you know, sort of uh, like any group that faces, we'll say, negativity such as stigma, discrimination, can't, we can't all do it by ourselves. Um, I wish in a utopian world where there was 100% positivity to diversity, we probably wouldn't need allies, we'd just all be nice people, but reality is we do. What is it, therefore, can allistic people do to be increase their sense of allyship towards those um, two autistic people? slash those on the autism spectrum? Sure. Um, I think being more aware of people with who are autistic, um, if you use, like, social media, there are different groups you can join. Um, on Facebook, there's a group called Ask an Autistic, which is quite good, um, which is for uh, allies, people who don't know or understand autism at this point and want to learn more. Um, there's a whole bunch of different advocates who are trying to raise awareness and understanding of um, autistic people, of what autistic traits are. I think that's one of the big issues um, with 
acceptance of autism is learning what autistic traits are and actually being accepting of them. Things like stimming, which is, um, it can be a range of different things and it isn't exclusively an autistic trait. There are other conditions such as ADHD, where which I also have, but that one I'm officially diagnosed since I was 10. Um, yeah, stimming where you move in repetitive ways or you say repetitive things or um, there's a lot of different ways to stim, um, but that can be very off-putting, I have found. Um, <laughs> other people usually do not respond well to seeing stimming. Um, and then there's things like just small things like not making eye contact. Um, like I've learnt quite well how to fake eye contact where I look at people about here. Um, uh -huh. and so I don't get told off about it, but, um, yeah, a lot of people who don't do that, who aren't comfortable looking there even, um, they will often get told off for being rude, for not making eye contact. Um, yeah, just those sorts of things, being aware of it and being aware that people are different and that they don't need to be autistic to be different. They can just have differences and just accepting that and not expecting or demanding everyone to be like everyone else and to be like yourself or whoever it is that you're sort of holding them up to be. Yeah. And um, just there being sort of just at the, we'll say the bottom of the eye socket or top of the cheekbone is sort of where you're, you're yeah. saying that that's where you can, um, in, in, I'll, I'll say fake, to use your words, fake, fake eye contact. Yeah. yeah. Just so we're, we're clear on that one. So yeah, um, just doing fake eye contact just below the, um, or the lower level of the eye socket in just getting into the cheekbone is one thing. And the other thing that we wanted to talk about is um, there's variations, of course, across the autism spectrum, just as there is, let's say, for transgender, diverse, non-binary. What are the sort of, <clears throat> excuse me, um, pros and cons, if I can put it that way, or not pros and cons, that's not the best word, apologies, the very, just some of the variations, you know, what are the things that perhaps um, can vary from person to person? Um, so those sort of variations typically um, are referred to as traits, the autistic traits. Um, so the ones that sort of get talked about the most are typically the more negative ones, things like um, social issues, having things like um, not picking up on social cues, um, not being able to read sarcasm, um, struggling with eye contact. Um, then there's the processing problems that a lot of people with, um, a lot of autistic people have, um, things like getting overwhelmed in loud spaces or if there's too much visually happening, um, and stresses that will cause meltdowns. Um, for me, I usually had shutdowns rather than meltdowns. So, so sort of just very quiet meltdowns where I would just find a small dark space to crawl into and just completely shut down for a while, um, which was my usual version of a meltdown. Um, 
then there's other traits such as um, having taking a while to sort of adapt to change or struggling with change. Um, but there's also things like um, being quite direct with communication, um, so not being very good at sort of beating around the bush or necessarily being very um, tactful can be a challenge or just a disinterest sometimes, depending person to person. Um, there are also traits being quite logical, but also um, being quite creative can be an autistic thing, especially very, um, uh, like for me, I played imaginary games quite late in life. Um, I still sort of, I, in a sense, play imaginary games to sort of quieten down when I'm getting ready to bed. Um, it's very useful for me as a writer. I find that those worlds just sort of come very easily. They're very easy to get into and to live in well enough to write them. Um, yeah, so there is certainly a wide range of autistic traits from the more well-known ones to the less well-known ones. There's, there's a few, yeah. Um, you've sort of touched, in one sense, you may have just touched on in a sense, but I'm going to um, put this um, just for the last thing to talk about. What to you are the positives of um, for you of being on the autism spectrum and having um, that part of yourself? What, what are the, the things that... Um, you know, for you that um, you have decided to say these are really good things um, about who I am. Sure. Um, I, I think for me mostly autism is just a different way of being. It's just a different way of seeing the world, of looking at the world, of experiencing life. And um, like I, I think for me the positives are that I'm... I do have quite a good creative mind where I'm able to create those worlds, but I also have that very analytical, logical side of it, which allows me to sort of create the story that actually works quite well, that's actually following the right rules to be a cohesive story. Um, I love grammar and language and linguistics, and I think that helps very much with my creative writing. Um, and so I think that's all of that sort of is really good. Um, I, I think that my autism also makes me a more aware person. I'm more aware of being kind and of other people who will have different challenges, who will just be different, who will not fit in very well in other places because they don't act in the ways that are expected of them. And because I'm also outside of what is expected, I find that that's quite easy to relate to, to be sympathetic towards. Yeah, which are all, you know, that creativity, sort of um, thinking about other people, are very, very good things to have and we need them more. So, um, you know, sort of... For, your, for yourself, um, just perhaps to, to really close off then, what sort of sites um, would you recommend, um, say, Australia or um, worldwide? And also, 
um, if people want to just get in touch with you, um, um, if that's something you would you would like, um, how can people um, sort of just um, be in touch with you, Kian? Kian, sorry. Sure. Um, so for site, Kian, yeah. Um, for site to go to, I recommend ASAN, A-S-A-N, the Autistic Self-Advocacy Network. Mm. Um, that one is uh, sort of led by people with, um, by autistic people. So it's actually, um, yeah, that's self-advocacy. Uh, whereas a lot of autistic organisations, they're not autistic led. They're actually mm. focused on the people around people with autism. Um, most resources that you will find about autism will be exclusively about the people around someone who is autistic. And there's very little actual emphasis or care for how the person who is autistic is actually coping or how they're feeling. It's about how they're impacting on everyone else. Um, whereas Asan is, yeah, autistic led. Its motto is nothing about us without us, yep. which is just a great motto. <laughs> Um, as for finding me, I have a public Facebook page, which is just my name, K-I-A-N Hall, H-A-L-L. I also have a Twitter account, which you can follow, um, which is uh, Ian underscore with underscore A underscore K. So just Ian with a K, but with underscores. <laughs> Okay, then. Well, we'll plug, uh, make sure we plug that into the um, some of the promotional material. Ken, it's been a pleasure to have you on to discuss this. It is an area that, well, like many groups in society, there are myths, but when it boils down to it, people are people with um, who are just trying to live their life, and it is just difference in a very neutral sense of that word, and, well, we need to value difference. And I, I very much think that after our discussion today, people will have more understanding and increase that value of it. So thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much for having me. Catch around the world, the cyber web traps. Catch you soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lots of indoor time at the moment. I have walked a long, hard road to be here But it hasn't hurt me, no I've learned a thing or two along the way Like winning is always Being first across the line As long as I do my best I'm winning every time Reach up, reach out Being here is what it's all about This time, this place To fight the good fight and run the good race And then, when it's all through I'll be proud to stand here beside you Proud to remember Oh,
no one else will ever know what it took for us to come this far. But there's no sweeter victory than making dreams come true. So take my hand and let me share my finest hour with you. Reach up, reach out. Here's what it's all about This time, this place To fight the good fight And run the good race And then, when it's all through I'll be proud to stand Here beside you Proud to remember For in spirit we are one Reach up, reach out Being here is what it's all about This time, this place To fight the good fight and run the good race And then, when it's all through I'll be proud to stand here beside you Good be 
3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand. Out of the Pan with Sally, first broadcasting noon till one every Sunday afternoon Australian Eastern Standard Time. We just had two tracks we had being here, um, a track from Graham Connors that was put out for the Sydney Paralympic Games in 2000, which seemed to fit in with our themes today of disability as best as we can. And one for the government stimulus package is the Little River Band. Hang on, help is on its way. Well, financially at least. Well, uh, here we are into week three of or something of this um, new world. Um, in Australia, March 13 is now considered BC. You know, um, with all due respect to religious observances this weekend, I'm not talking that. I'm talking before COVID-19. It is a very... Um, interesting world that we're in, to put it mildly, but um, it is where we where we are, and it has been obviously a challenging time, and um, obviously people settling down, trying to deal with it the best that they can. And I don't claim to be a psychologist or anything else, but uh, I think that we more than ever have to try to live in the present moment while at times we'll need to acknowledge right now that there is a sense of grief and loss for the past that we have lost um, and we do need to acknowledge that to some extent and someone once said to me a mental health professional that depression is mental health stuff to do with the past and anxiety is mental health stuff to do with the future now that's simplistic but there is a reasonable amount of um, reason to that and so trying to predict the future we can't do it people are saying oh we'll be this will be through the worst of it in x months whatever x is i don't know that no one well, i'm sure as hell i'm not a psychologist or a mental health professional i'm sure as hell not a research scientist um but you know who knows so trying to live in the present moment more than ever is better but also if you need to switch off from it do whatever you need to do without harming anyone else or oh, as Dr. Phil would say, um, and he is, I think, a health professional, all feelings are valid. Well, they are. And we've got to hang in there the best we can. But if you do need to release feelings, do it in a way that is safe and 
consensual if you need are communicating with someone else about them. Don't you know, it's not easy to um, you know, sort of um, deal with it. But deal with your feelings in a way that is um, safe and um, doesn't harm anyone else. Um, and sometimes you might need to turn your mind off. You might not be able to deal, be in the present moment. Heaven forbid, one way that yours truly has decided to do that. I have discovered the old 99 um, Minds game of Minesweeper online, if you remember that from your early computers. I think it was about Windows 2.3 or something. I'm not a computer expert either. But look, just try, we have to try our best to look after ourselves and then we can look after others and be there for others. There is a very valid point that is made that trying to um, give something to others somehow gets yourself out of yourself, but you've also got to be in a reasonable enough state to do that. I'm not saying I've got all the answers, but the thing is, hang in there and we can uh, make a difference for each other in these troubled times. And, um, after I forgot to add musically that um, the first track we heard today right on the start of the show was the one that was well promised to be there last week and that's Monique Brumby AI artificial intelligence um, and uh, and as I said um, prior to this segment we heard from the Little River Band helpers on its way and Grant Connors being here let's have a listen now to um well, music of both kinds that wasn't originally of both kinds. There's a cryptic introduction. 3CR, 855am, 3cr.org.au, 3CR Digital, 3CR On Demand. Out of the pan with Sally. Sing it. 
3CR 855am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. We heard from um, the Far Gone Beauties, always say that very carefully and succinctly, and their version of Play That Country Music and Rawhide. Well, things that are happening for the LGBTI community, um, people are gradually getting things onto online. So just keep checking in with um, groups and services that you would normally attend. Um, and I think they will be coming back um, within the next month. Um, for myself, I'm um, aware, for example, that Trans Family and um, By Alliance will probably be back online. Um, if not April, then pretty much definitely May. Um, so, yeah, just keep um, hanging in there for that support. Um, there are, of course, usual services um, such as With Respect, which um, is on um, 1800 542 847, which specialises in LGBTI family violence and gives out information and services. Um, also, of course, um, Switchboard, 1-800-184-527. And um, from my point of view, but not um, giving any official opinion, but Transgender Victoria's phone to refer services on is still um, operating as usual um, remotely. So there are supports there for trans people. What are some specific challenges where we, we will face? And I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. So I appreciate something that these are difficult times. But, and I also acknowledge, as I always do when bringing up this topic of family violence and acknowledging that it can be difficult, I always acknowledge that, yes, the majority of those on the receiving end of family violence are women and, and, and children. But proportionately, LGBTIQA plus people um, will, uh, um, also are on the receiving end of family violence. And I have felt a little frustrated by so much of the messaging that I'm um, seeing and hearing that is all about women and children. And I do, do wish mainstream services would be a little more inclusive in their language. 
from not having great expectations that our politicians will change tack. Uh, other issues, um, you know, um, stay in touch with me if you're finding um, whether, let's say, no change, good or bad, if you are having any issues accessing hormones, whether perhaps your local pharmacy, which normally has a regular supply, is running low. But if you are finding where things are going well and you haven't noticed any change, also say for things like health services, stay in there as well. Um, another challenging issue at this time is for some people um, in our rainbow communities, or let's say where rainbow is the proverbial centre of the intersection, um, um, such as on this show, but also, of course, for people with multiple um, intersections, so to speak, or parts to the intersection, or from other communities um, who have had difficult times with police, the um, increased police presence and powers could be creating anxiety. Um, try to work through try to work through that, um, and I'm happy if people want to contact me offline to go through ideas on that as well. On the other hand, let's try to find a positive here. HIV and rainbow communities are used to isolation and sort of distancing. We've got through it before. Um, we also have our, I'll say, HIV elders, if I can put it that way, who have learned how to cope with these sorts of things. We have plenty of knowledge in reserve and uh, I'm not going to um, undermine or belittle or invalidate any of the challenges we're all facing, including LGBTI and including trans and gender diverse, but we also have very many strengths to get us through. And in that sense, um, we're going to have to find those strengths. LGBTIQA plus people are resilient and creative. We will find those strengths and they won't just benefit us, they will benefit everyone. I'm a firm believer in that and I don't think we should be denying um, feelings as, we, as I mentioned in the last segment but we can um, make an effort to work our way through, and we will. And also at this time of year, um, celebrate um, any festival such as Easter or Passover as best as you can. And well, the saying next year in Jerusalem may just be next year with whoever and wherever you want, and we hope that we can resume again. May you find your strength and faith, whatever that may be in the broadest sense of the word at this time. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week. Forbidden fruit, sacred ground, some things are out of bounds, or so they told me. When it comes to love, I'm just a fool. I disregard the rules, no bars can hold me. Been a trail of broken heart and lost the will Or never started out with the right frame of mind There's no bridge that I won't burn There's no leaf that can be turned Sides opposed, but all the doors are never closed, they're sticking. Chances are we could take a dive, but there's always hope while hope's alive and kicking.
Though the waters might get rough I know I want you bad enough I'll go under before I turn back Change gonna tie me down No law's gonna keep me 